Hey there, humans. Welcome to Sinister Soup, the podcast where we discuss genre fiction through the lens of literature, film, and ridiculous conversation. We also drink beer. Indeed. I am one of your co-hosts, Clay Vermullen. And I am your other co-host, Travis Vermullen. That he is. That I am. And today... We're going to do all the usual things. We got a few segments on here, and we got big news. Today, we finally have a name, thanks to our number one fan, Philip Bridgers. Yeah, Philip! Bridgers! Philip Bridgers! He has given us some great name suggestions, and we have chosen one for our dice rolling slash movie and book debate club section of the podcast. Um, we're now going to call it Forced Entrollment. Right. Yeah. Forced Entrollment. That's going to be the second segment. But our first segment, as always, is Bring Some Culture. Bring Culture. So, Travis, how does Bring Some Culture work, and, and what culture are you bringing? Well, Bring Some Culture every week. Um, we just scour the interwebs or non-interwebs. Maybe you found your culture in a magazine or a newspaper. We don't know. But usually mine come from the internet. We're just trying to uplift any artists, creators, um, editors, people who do jobs within sort of areas that we enjoy or do good things for uh, causes that we want to support Really, just generally anything out there that we think maybe people should know about, even if they're popular and are, we maybe think our listeners don't know about them as much as they should. My culture this week is a YouTube channel, as I've done a couple of those before, and that YouTube channel is Corridor Crew. They also mm. have their own website. They are one that is, they're fairly popular. They do pretty well with their videos. But I do have a lot of conversations with people who haven't heard of them and would probably really enjoy what they do. Um, they are primarily CGI artists, but they also focus a lot on stunt choreography. And they have two shows that I watch pretty much regularly whenever they release. Um, Stuntman React and CGI Artists React. And they just bring on experts from the fields and they watch clips from movies, um, either bad or good. And they just kind of talk about what worked, like what's the behind the scenes with the stunts and the, the graphics, um, what they would have done differently, how they're impressed by some. One of the ones that really changed my mind about a movie, which I will warn you if you watch their show, sometimes movies will get ruined for you because you'll get the the sort of little behind the scenes look um but the star wars uh the last jedi throne room scene they did a stuntman react to that and i watching that in theaters i was like oh this is the best and then they pointed out all the little stuff in the background and now i watch it again and i'm like oh man this is the worst <laughs> <laughs> so if you're just a big geek about sort of all the little stuff that goes into making movies and uh, kind of the more blue collar jobs behind the camera, then definitely check out Corridor Crew. Yeah, I've never heard of them, but it's always fun to see the behind the camera look at how movies are made. There's so much going on, so many different moving parts, and every every single person on those big sets is like a complete professional at this little niche thing, you know? And it's really cool to see that. Mm -hmm. I also think it's cool to like, 
Yeah, I still dislike a lot of the movies that they kind of like talk about being really awesome in their display of CGI or stunts. But like they will point out some things that make me like respect, like even, and you know, this is a big for me to say, but even like Michael Bay, they've gotten <laughs> some of his like CGI and I'm like, man, I respect the artistry that goes into that. Still don't like the movie, but wow. Yeah. I mean, you can say what you want about Michael Bay, but like you can't say his CGI isn't on point. No, <laughs> you can't. It definitely is. Like who the CGI people on a Michael Bay movie are like top of the line. Best, mm -hmm. best of the best, you know? Best. That's all the movie's got most of the time. <laughs> yes. Um, manages to turn big name talent into like artists who look like they can't read lines. But then it's like, <laughs> oh, no, they're reading the lines. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is the lines they're reading. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're not here to bash on Michael Bay. We're here to bring some culture. Yeah. What kind of culture did you bring? Yeah, I'm bringing some writer promotion culture today uh actually you know the person in charge of this group uh sheena monin oh yeah yeah she was our very first featured author of the month um a few months ago when we started this podcast and i've since followed her on instagram and uh social media um and her group her company uh stellar media is doing a lot of really cool things um, she published her own book through that, Leaving Safety, which again was our first featured novel on the show. Um, it's a really good sci-fi novel. Mm -hmm. And Sheena is a really awesome, hardworking, independent author who uh, is very dedicated to uh, promoting other authors and helping other authors work, get heard, and get out there. And she uses Stellar Media to uh, promote fellow indie authors. She does like book giveaways. She does uh, book reviews. Um, to help authors have some reviews on their platform. And she does all, all of this pretty much uh, just to help these authors out. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, and she's a lot like uh, like this segment of our show, you know? It's just dedicated to getting the word out there, helping people gain some visibility and some traction, which is really hard in this industry. So anybody who devotes their time and energy to it at really no profit to themselves just to help the community breathe and is a is a good good resource and a good person in my book so thank you to sheena for being one of those people and stellar media is a really awesome awesome website awesome publishing group and i think uh, they deserve some recognition yeah and just such a nice person that interview was so pleasant she's so approachable it seems like uh, at least through like the dialogue we had with her on the on the show and stuff and so that's also it's just great oh yeah she's a, a very very helpful very friendly and very professional yep so check out stellar media that uh they are promoting lots of good independent books um in the horror sci-fi fantasy and all kinds of all kinds of other genres as well mm -hmm. um yeah i recommend it all righty our next segment is the one we have now aptly named and what was that name again one more time clay forced entrollment forced entrollment mm -hmm. previously i have been the troll but the last few shows i have actually gotten the higher roles so in this segment we just roll a d20 the higher number is going to have to argue against whatever book or, or argue for whatever book or movie we um, selected for the week. And the lower roll number is going to have to argue against whatever book or movie we have selected for the discussion of the week. 
And this week, what do we got, Clay? This week, we have one of the most popular, um, biggest fantasy novels out today in the modern fantasy genre um, by one of the uh, one of the favorite uh, big fantasy authors, Patrick Rothfuss, um, his novel Name of the Wind, which is apparently the first or the first book of a trilogy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Patrick. Years, Pat. 10 years. Yeah, 10 years, Pat. Um, he's got a lot of heat. I'm not going to be another source of that heat. No, nah, respect. Um, at Patrick, I, I respect Patrick a lot. It's hard to write a novel, especially in epic fantasy. But yeah, he uh, the third book is, is in the works and has been so for a while. Um, but that does not diminish the popularity of Name of the Wind and Wise Man's Fear, the second book. So we are going to debate Name of the Wind today. Whether we like it or not. You want to maybe give us a quick synopsis of Name of the Wind for those who may not have read the book or heard of it. Yeah, yes, absolutely. We haven't done that in our podcast up to now, and uh, a listener suggested that. So from now on, we will be giving synopses of the books or movies, just in case you haven't seen them. Um, so spoiler alerts uh, ahead if you want to not hear those skip ahead like five minutes so name of the wind is the story of a young man named quoth he grows up in a fam uh, traveling troop of they're called the edema but they're basically like a traveling troop of sort of gypsy uh theater type people very similar to the gypsies in a lot of ways and that they've also always faced a lot of persecution but they live by like a code of of honor and good performance and true artistic fulfillment um and he grows up in that environment uh until his world is torn asunder when his troop is murdered and he then goes on a quest to kind of like fulfill a greater destiny for himself and quoth is uh, very much like a prodigy he's kind of good at everything that he does he's uh, basically a genius in magic and uh, excellent musician and pretty much picks up whatever he tries to do with relative ease and so yeah you're following quoth as he goes to the he lives homeless for a while in a big city learns to fend for himself raises himself from nothing to afford the university and then you're following his journey through the university as he learns magic and that's pretty much where he's at in name of the wind he's He's at the university, and he's uh, chasing Denna, his his one true love, constantly. Mm -hmm. um, and then you also have a running parallel with the story of his younger self. His older self is telling that story to Chronicler, who is a man who has tracked him down uh, to learn his, his true story. And the older version of Quoth is in hiding. So, yeah, he's in hiding. Chronicler finds him, and then he begins telling Chronicler his life story. And that's how Name of the Wind is put together. Is there anything else you think I forgot? No. Uh, I think without getting into what we actually think about it, there's nothing else. So, without further ado, shall we roll for enthrallment? Let's roll. Who's going to be forced into the role of the troll? Ooh, 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 ooh. What'd Not you, you. What'd you get? I got a two. I got an 18. Nice. Put the together tides, there a 20. The tides are turning. The tides have turned, yeah. This is three <laughs> weeks in a row. All right. So, Clay, why should no one ever bother to read 
the name Uh-oh. of the band. The winner goes first, man. Oh, but all right, fine. I'm I'm I'll take it as a trophy. I am starting the timer now. I think the two biggest things subjectively in my taste that you need in any good fantasy novel are a good world and good characters. Um, and there's a lot of ways you can tackle the second one. You can have a singularly focused character, um, like this book, or you can have multiple sort of points of view, like a series like The Wheel of Time or Game of Thrones. I think Name of the Wind is one of the best examples of a singularly focused character. Um, following Quoth, you get a bunch of awesome side characters through his interactions. Particularly the one that I'm going to talk about the most is I love Ari. Ari is just really kind of like drew me in immediately with her sort of interactions with Quoth, having her sort of like be around him and having her sort of like be below the university and see this like other side of this world that he's involved in is a great example of how Patrick Rothfuss like weaves different characters into Quoth's story. Um, I think his world also isn't so grand that like it's not on the scale of a few other fantasy series I've read where you get like every little detail of everything like people always make fun of Tolkien with like you don't have to make every tree have a name (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think Pat really avoided that and but he still provided this world that feels super fleshed out and everybody has a reason for what they're doing and you can feel the sort of political intrigue of their choices you can feel the social dynamics even though they're like unsaid you still get this sense that this world is vast and broad and has a lot of different cultures pat does a really good job with the side characters and with quotes interactions of weaving in those sort of elements of his world and telling us about his world through his characters rather than just like and this land had this person and this person was related to these 17 people like he doesn't (laughs) do any of that he just has us like see this world through his protagonist and it Mm -hmm. keeps it compelling and keeps you turning the page every single time so i think those are the first two and some of the strongest points i would say about name of the wind yeah i think it's hard to do a uh i think it's hard to do an epic fantasy through just first person you know it's it's done a lot i mean harry potter is also done that way mm-hmm. but like patrick rothfuss definitely has a very like large and expansive world that we're all seeing through the eyes of quoth the one thing i wish is that like his protagonist just wasn't such a douche <laughs> like <laughs> quoth is such a douchey character like i don't know i don't know how to describe it he's He's like, he's just annoyingly good at everything, you know? And I find that prodigy role to be kind of annoying a lot of the time. Um, it's like, it's almost like he's an anime character to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, big, you know what I mean? Like, he's big like, sword vibes. Yeah, definitely. Like, <laughs> Hilo Yui vibes. Yeah. Like, he's, he's definitely good at like literally everything. But what I find annoying about him is he's still, like, this, like, all-compassionate and, like, supposedly, like, wanting to do good all the time. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't come across to me as uh, very believable. 
Like, I don't know why he wouldn't be more like Ambrose, like his arch rival, you know? You could say it's all justified by his time uh, running through the city homeless, right? I feel like that's kind of how Patrick uh, justifies everything, is like, <laughs> quote, is super poor. So he knows what it's like to be poor. So he's like all compassionate and nice to everybody. But like, it just doesn't seem realistic to me because he's also like hot-headed. He's also arrogant. Um, and he's also like really spiteful towards like Ambrose. And he's like very, uh, he's like reckless in that he doesn't fail very often. So he's mm -hmm. like willing to do whatever he has to do to get what he wants. And in a lot of ways, he's not as much of a good guy as he he acts like he is you know um and i know that things are coming down the pipeline like that reveal that quoth is he's not like a purely good character mm -hmm. i don't know i just think he's like an annoying character because he's good at everything he like never fails he does fail but it's like he usually just fails because he like gets in a little over his head um but he still almost always manages to like pull things out and i mean that's like what protagonists do in a lot of stories i just i just think that like it's kind of like we were just talking like patrick paints him with some flaws but usually the flaws that that quote is is uh written to have seem circumstantial they don't seem like they come from within him they always seem like they're circumstantial they're from his environment and like quote is this perfect little being that a lot of bad things happen to i can see that um I kind of think he offsets it, though, with one, with the way he tells the story of, of this is being told to you by, like, the older version of him. And we all know, we've all been, well, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us have been those bars or those, like, civic centers or those town gathering halls where you talk to the guy who, like, was a prodigy in sports and you know gets a few drinks in him and just is like hey i was the best football player to ever live i should have been in the nfl mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. i think pat kind of gives a good way of like this story is being told by its hero so yes we're going he's going to kind of like tell it in a way that makes him look the best it can um i mm. also think, i also think the side characters really provide a few more of his flaws because you get this like you're still looking through Quoth's eyes, but you're getting like these other views of him from other people. Like Denna, I think is a great challenge to him. And I've, I've talked to a lot of people about this book where they're like, man, I hate Denna. And I'm like, I love Denna. I love that. She's like, you're not going to like actually talk to me in a way that you want to. I'm going to keep doing my thing. I'm independent. I, I run my life and like, I can't afford to, drag my feet and wait for you to think of the opportune moment to like take a shot and i really enjoyed her as a character and i also think like the one thing that he really wants to to be good at like the the magic that pat has created and to like be in the university library the two things that he wants the most are the two things he like doesn't get in the book without patience and i think that's one thing pat highlights of like this character is so headstrong and yes, he's a prodigy, but the two things he really, really, really wants, basically the people that run them are like, if you don't slow down and like take some time, you're not going to get this and you won't, won't be good at it. You mm -hmm. cannot just like automatically check this box. And I think Pat did a good job in like providing a few elements that really offset this hero telling his own story part. Yeah, I guess that's still my problem with it. Again, those are like 
there's circumstantial things affecting Quoth, but like he he isn't really learning from or changing uh, because of them. Um, he doesn't he doesn't become more patient or less headstrong from like any of those lessons. Um, and even through like the second book, he doesn't really uh, mellow out too much. <laughs> and he just like sneaks into the library instead, you know. Mm. And like again, I get that that's uh, you know him being like a flawed character and not being perfect, but like it still seems circumstances are making him do that less than like he's doing it because of who he is. Um, at least to me, it just seems like Quoth is kind of like like rolling around in a in an eddy in the water like he's a leaf on the river you know mm -hmm. and he's just sort of like going where the where the current directs him but because he's like a prodigy and he's arrogant he always thinks he's in control um i also i think denna is a bit much personally i think that she's like a very <laughs> this she's like this idealized version of of what a what a independent woman should be Mm -hmm. and it it just gets a little bit much for me sometimes i think she's like so i think she's a little over the top personally mm. like does she have to have like a witty comeback for literally everything you know <laughs> or can she just talk like a normal person sometimes mm -hmm. there's almost like no dental lines in the entire book that aren't like snarky and witty and just brilliant like Dana's never on her heels when she's uh, talking to Quoth or really to any man. You know, she's always the intellectual superior. And then on beer top of, the of that, uh, beer of the week. Beer of the week. I had to interrupt you in the middle of your points about Dana. Uh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the Occidental Heffenweizen from Portland, Oregon. You didn't mm -hmm. do the IPA journey anymore? No, I got to take a break this week. Love Again, it. don't want to get used to them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I failed this week. Um, I uh, I failed. I failed you, Clay. I you failed you. Got to get a beer. I got a beer, but it's not a it's not a brewery. It's not a beer nobody's familiar with. It's one of the most popular beers in the world. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm drinking Guinness. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's fine. Yeah. It is what it is. Yep. We already know how you feel about Guinness. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's no need to. Well, listeners, I love Guinness. I drink mm -hmm. it all the time. It's my favorite. There we go. Um, I love Heffenweizens. They are they are my favorite type of beer. And Portland usually comes through, so I anticipate liking this. All right. ASMR. There it is. It's open. Ah, Guinness. Mm, that's delicious. Really? Really good? Mm -hmm. Really good. Nice. That's going to be possibly a new go-to. That's one of the best Heffenweizens I've had for a long time. Ooh, can you tell me the name again? Occidental. O-C-C-I-D-E-N-T-A-L. Like accident, but with an O. Occidental. Got it. Written down. It's really good, yeah. That's the brewery, Occidental Brewing. And then Hef just their Heffenweizen is just called. All right. Well, while you enjoy your delicious Heffenweizen... Why don't you tell us what you actually think about the name of the wind? I was definitely forced into some trollment uh, today. I really like Name of the Wind. I think it's a really good book. I agree with what you said. I think close interactions with the other characters do a really good job of 
uh, showing the world, you know, and then he's also like a learner. He's always learning. And because he's a prodigy, he's got like a, he doesn't forget things. He like, he's very smart. And so that's how you learn about the history. Like, I love that you learn about the history of his people through like a time in class where he raises his hand. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you don't like, you don't hear about, it's like you said, it's not like, Quoth was a Demaru. The Demaru had been these people for so long in such mm-hmm. land and they had done all these things. And then it's like eight pages later, you're like, Quoth continued to jot down notes. <laughs> you're like, yeah. oh, so he just remembered all that for us real quick? Cool. No, he like raises his hand and he's like, actually that term you just used is racist and here's why. And then you... <laughs> learn the history of his people through that mm-hmm. and i thought that was really and he does that kind of thing throughout the whole novel you almost never have to sit there and read eight pages of exposition out of nowhere which happens in all fantasy almost like even yeah. in wheel of time it happens all the time yeah yeah and that's like an excellent fantasy you know but it still happens and i think patrick does an excellent job of avoiding that yeah i think like most some of my most favorite fantasy series do a lot of exposition and it was cool to see like a book that didn't I, mm-hmm. you might disagree with me on this but I kind of liken it to like a really well made found footage film because it was like <laughs> yeah, it was like a, a small lens in a really well realized world like mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't like it but I love the movie Cloverfield because that is you have New York being torn apart by a monster tons of like little aliens and you get it from like these four people just running mm-hmm. around the street. And that's kind of what this book reminded me of. Of like you you get the sense that this world is huge and cultural and massive, but you just get it from this one guy at the university and like with his troop. And it's it's like, oh wow, this is kind of like how I would actually see it if I were thrown and thrust into this world. Yeah. And I do I do find Quoth a little bit annoying. Oh, I uh, agree. I because mean, like, of what I said. Yeah, I do agree with those points, but I do not think that he's a shallow or undeveloped character. I kind of made that up. No, I kind of I I feel like the mixture between my points and your points is how I feel about this book. Yeah, I I really do enjoy the world. I think Pat did a really well, good job on his characters. I do like Denna a lot, but he come good. Quoth comes off so neckbeardy sometimes oh he's definitely <laughs> a neckbeard dude oh yeah the way he's always like milady i cannot like i can't pursue you milady because everyone else does oh. mm-hmm. yeah. and i do i do agree with what i said about her she is a bit much sometimes yeah we're like and and again just like with quoth he like shows that she's not a perfect person you know but it's usually when when she's like got her guard down and somebody like spies on her it's like when quilt sees her behind the curtain is the only time denna ever lets down her front yeah or when the like other bar members tell him stories about her and it's like oh she's like that you you get it from like this outside perspective only Mm -hmm. which again i can see why he does that like quilt definitely idealizes denna because he's in love with her and you do Mm -hmm. that so it makes sense and when they're together, Denna's always got her... She always says, like, she can really be herself around Quoth. But then again, it's still just, like, everything she says has to be witty and snarky, and it seems, like, a bit idealized. Like, it always seems like Denna's, like, dancing in the rain barefoot or something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And you're like, 
is she always being like a <laughs> being like a fae or can can she just like can she chill out a little bit yeah um i still think she's a good character though so there's um, that i think i really enjoyed how intimidating his villain introduction was i think that was very 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 well done um because what are what's the group's name the chandrian the chandrian just the line when he like stumbles upon them surrounding the corpses and like burned tents of his parents and the one looks at him and is just like somebody's dad was singing the wrong songs <laughs> i was mm-hmm. like "Ooh, that's a good like i am hooked on the chandrian now i want to know who these people are and mm-hmm. what songs they are talking about and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought that was good. Um, that uh, series does have two of my favorite characters in all of fantasy, um, one of which is Master Loden. He is the best. <laughs> I love Master Loden. <laughs> and the other is uh, Devi, actually. She's one of my favorite female characters ever. Mm. I love her. The Copper Hawk. Yeah, yeah, she's mm-hmm. a cool character. She's so fun. Such a good side character. I love how she just totally puts Quoth in her place or mm-hmm. in his place when he tries to mess with her, you know? Mm-hmm. And Master Loden is just so fun. Like when he, he takes him to the asylum <laughs> and the scene where he's he's like sliding. He's like sliding across the floor. Yeah. Um, and then uh, that scene where he walks into class with like a bunch of little like dandelion things and they fly all over it. And he's just like, damn it. <laughs> Patrick. And he just spends like the rest of the period like chasing these things around mm-hmm. <laughs> while they're all just like watching him. <laughs> he's a, he's a great so character. Great character. I really enjoy Ari. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think it's just a cool, cool to have a character that like every, whenever Quoth introduces someone else to her they're like why does she live down there like bring her out and quoth is like she doesn't want to come out (laughs) yeah exactly she's She's happy leave her alone she's fine just leave her alone like i bring her food and that's all she wants and like a little company and music Mm -hmm. and she's doing great so it's fine (laughs) like i really enjoy that character i do too um if you like ari there's a whole story about her oh really yeah, it's called The Slow Regard of Silent Things. Oh, that's about Ari. I didn't That's know. all about Ari. Oh, I'm going to be picking that up for sure. It's very weird and completely different than Name of the Wind. It is it is Ari's story. Hmm. All right. And not like her not like her origin story. It drops you where she already lives in the underthing and oh, you just cool. kind of like follow her around. Also another one of my favorite characters is Bast. Bast is so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love the Fey Lord in servitude to a powerful wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you so rarely get like the Fey Lord. Also, uh, Bast has his own story, and it's one of my sh- favorite short stories I've ever read. It is fantastic. I like it better than Name of the Wind. It's like oh, one nice. of my favorite fantasy stories I've ever read. It comes full circle just beautifully. And it follows the it follows kind of like a fairy fable uh, type of plot line. It's just excellent, but it's called the Lightning Tree, mm-hmm. and it just is like a few days in the life of Bast in the village, and it's great because you're like, oh, ba- this is like Bast's life. This is what he does all the time. He's being mm-hmm. a Fey Lord still, 
like making deals with the children and like <laughs> you know not like sinister deals he's not evil he's not a mm-hmm. dark fae but they're like just bringing him like information like information like i know where emberly takes her bath and he's like okay that's worth something what do you want and then the kids are like i need to embarrass my brother and he's like cool piss in his shoes you know (laughs) (laughs) he's like he's like uh yeah just like being a fey lord and it's really fun really and the story comes full circle just beautifully because patrick is a really good storyteller at the end of the day i think he has that that kind of final scene with him and chronicler at the end of name of the wind was a really cool like mysterious cliffhanger with bast where he's just like you need to keep telling this story <laughs> and he's mm-hmm. like yeah i was like oh what is what's going on with this guy like he's definitely got a lot more depth than just the playboy fay that we thought he was oh definitely yeah he's like a fairy prince mm-hmm. and You'll find out in the second book, but Quoth is pretty linked with the Fey realm. Mm, mm-hmm. And yeah, I thought that was great. I also love that Quoth just like gets his, gets his, uh, or wait, this may not have happened in the first book. Yeah. Um, did he get beat up by some bandits? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause you like, you hear all this stuff about Quoth and you're like, oh, a couple bandits, they're in trouble. And then they just like wreck him, <laughs> you know, like common highwaymen. Yeah. And you're like, okay, what's going on here? Is Quoth making all this up or is he not like a super bad dude? You know, mm-hmm. is he just like, is he making all this up? Is he like, he's clearly the guy in the story, but so what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a pretty interesting way to end it. Well, that has been our opinions on The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. We both suggest going out and picking it up. And it probably would be a great time to do it because from what I've seen online, it sounds like he's coming close to publishing the third book. So I got lucky and I think I'm going to probably finish the second book just when the third comes out, which is great. Yeah. Also, if you want to read just a really awesome short story that's fantasy. And it's totally standalone. You don't need to read Name of the Wind to to enjoy The Lightning Tree. But I couldn't recommend a short story higher. The Lightning Tree is a fantastic short story. And you get through it in a day. It's, you know, it's like 60 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, I would read The Lightning Tree, were I you, if you're interested in, like, Fae. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us on another episode of Sinister Soup. We really appreciate you listening, suggesting things, giving us some awesome stuff to talk about. If you want to give us any suggestions on movies or books we should talk about and debate, please um, submit them to Clavermole and Fiction, or I guess you could instant message me on Instagram, OG. How else are they going to find you, Clay? Yeah, the main place is com. Just go to my contact me page on that website there. Um, you can also join my newsletter, which opens up email communication between us. And I'm definitely trying to in- increase the number of people on my newsletter, so that would be awesome. And otherwise, you can find me at Instagram, Clavermolum, at Clavermolum Fiction, and I'm on LinkedIn as Clavermolum as well. Awesome. Well, as always, I have been Travis Vermolum. I've been Clay Malone. And we are both still those people.